0: That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Ko. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home,
0: schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby
1: steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Asha. How are you? Morning. I'm getting there. I'm getting there <laughs> we uh we've had a school uh we've had a school schedule change, so our mornings have gotten a lot earlier. but I guess the good news is that means our podcast recordings are later,
0: yeah, well, like so not at six in the morning for you, which that's good. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> Although I have to say that there was something pretty wonderful about like getting up first thing in the morning and just grabbing my coffee and then coming straight to my my computer and, and hearing you in my ears first thing in the morning. Aww. So anyway, it's anyway, all good. It's all yeah. good. So speaking of school transitions, now that school is underway, I've sort of had a moment to take a breath and think about summer, which now seems like a million miles away. Mm-hmm. It's sort of funny how that is. Uh, and it was a really wonderful summer, but it kicked off with a really big disappointment for Sam, my 17 year old son. And I, I, In thinking about it, it just occurred to me that this would be a really interesting conversation for us to have Um, just about disappointment and how one deals with it. So I'll just give you a little context. Um, Sam, as I had mentioned, I think maybe at the beginning of the summer on this podcast, he'd landed his first real summer job with a uh, local small business, and he was really excited about it. I mean, a real job with a real paycheck and the whole thing. But for whatever reason, right before he was about to start, the employer had a change of plans and informed him that they didn't have a job for him after all. So it was just a crushing disappointment and it was really unexpected. Um, and by then, most of the employers around the neighborhood had already made their summer hires. So he ended up not working at all. And it was just a it was a really big blow. And. Uh, but looking back on it now, how he handled that disappointment and how we handled it as a family, it ended up being a really great lesson about what happens in life. I mean, I think we all know this is true, but I just felt like it would be a good thing for us to be able to talk about on the podcast. Cause it's, you know, it just happened and I felt like I learned some stuff from it I thought it would be good to share.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this and I will say that even though I've never met Sam, I mean, I feel like I practically know him through you. And I was so disappointed, too. I was yeah. I was extremely excited for him to slay all the chocolate. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I had this like, we have this Curious George Chocolate Factory book. So that was what it was in my mind. He was going to work right. in
1: this chocolate factory, which right. I know
0: is not what was happening. But anyway.
1: <laughs> right. He did have the job was with a, like a local sort of like a candy company. Although, um, yeah, yeah. Really, really great company. But yeah, um, we still love bummer that bummer that it didn't it didn't work out
0: yeah and you know I the other reason or, or the reason rather that I'm excited to talk about this today is as you know I am very much a believer that discomfort and disappointment are actually good things um both for kids and adults to work through so yeah I think we have fodder for a lot of really interesting conversation today
1: yeah we do and I think You know, we've talked about this multiple times. In fact, this is one of the recurring themes in our book, Minimalist Parenting, the notion that letting kids experience difficulty is is just part and parcel of helping them grow and and learning what real life is all about. And we know this intellectually. I think most of us know this as parents. You know, it's a pretty standard line that it's a good thing for kids to experience difficulty and and learn from challenges. Um, we know they grow stronger. We know they gain self-confidence. But let's just be honest, when you're actually going through it, it's really hard to watch your kids struggle. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to resist uh, sort of papering over the whole thing or smoothing the road in front of them, trying to make it easier. And I think it's also hard when it's actually happening to identify that line between what's a reasonable struggle And what's actually a need for help? Like, I know that that happened. That has definitely happened to me over the years with school challenges, sort of like, okay, is this one of those challenges that make you stronger or is this one of those challenges that is going to be traumatic? It's sometimes not obvious. And I think it's really important for us to say that as parents, that line is always moving and it really looks different to different people and to different kids. Oh, man. Yes. The line is always moving. I, I agree with you 100%. And,
0: you know, I've said many times on this show that there's definitely this feeling in modern parenting that the goal is to shield kids from discomfort. And I often wonder if it's there's something generational that happens, like our parents tried to make things better for us than it was for them. And now we're trying to do the same thing and up and up and up. And I think it's all very well-meaning. And also completely unrealistic in terms of preparing kids for the world. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Right. Right. No, it is. And I think whether we're talking about physical discomfort, like, you know, it's funny when it, one of the physical bits of physical discomfort my kids are experiencing right now is they have to take a, a train to school and they're just jammed on this train. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're a New York, New York subway writer, I'm sure that's just every day Uh, here in Portland. That's something new, at least for my kids. And and it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. We can handle it. So that's one like such a tiny little uh, example of discomfort. But we're also talking about just the discomfort of disappointment, even discomfort about, you know, the state of the world. You talked about this really movingly and very powerfully, I think, in our recent episode about standing up to hate and racism in our country, that it's important to have these conversations with our kids. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. another example of of how sometimes shielding and protecting them really means not preparing them and giving them tools. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, in this case, though, in the case of Sam's job not working out, it was pretty clear cut that this was a life lesson, that this was going to be in the overall scheme of things a good experience for him to go through and you know, that life lesson that pretty much despite doing everything right, sometimes even the best laid plans still fall through. I mean, we've all experienced it. And so, you know, one of the things that we talk about in minimalist parenting is that when kids can experience these disappointments and rough spots while still in the context of family, I think it's a really, it's a great thing. And um, in this case, When we're talking about jobs, I also think specifically it's good for kids like my son, who he's just a super hard worker in school. And that achievement model in school, which is you work hard, you do all the stuff on the syllabus, you behave reasonably and listen to the teacher, you're going to get an A. I mean, it really is sort of if this, then that for the most part in Mm -hmm. school. But in life, it's not so much like that. And I think it's really I while I'm not happy this happened to him, I am glad that he has gotten a taste of what that is like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's so interesting that this happened because in our episode on um, why kids should get jobs, we talked about this sort of very issue about how things will pan out very differently. I think, I mean, you brought up this point that I thought was so smart that the the skills that you get on a job are so much different in class, and just the trajectory of how things work. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a bizarre, <laughs> yeah, the way the, the way that came out on the other side here.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. I guess you know, I, in in going in and going out, it's just been a lesson in that, and mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. You know, that's a really really good thing. And um, so anyway, well, listen, before we continue on, I mean, I think we have a really good conversation in store, but before we head on um, head into it, I just want to offer one framing note. And I think it's really important. I think it's I think we just have to acknowledge that this is mainly a problem for families who have a measure of stability and financial means. I mean, <laughs> the notion of of exposing your kids to difficulty, it's it's sort of an interesting thing that for some in some cases, it's something that we actually have to do consciously. And that doesn't make this conversation any less valid or less important. It's just, a, I think, an important perspective to keep in mind. You know, so, for example, in this case, my jobs, I mean, my son's job mishap, it was a disappointment, but it wasn't catastrophic for our family. And I think for some families, it could be uh, if if that kid's income was a really important part of supporting the family. And I think in the same vein. There are kids who experience disappointment as a very real and regular part of their lives and being protected from that disappointment just isn't an option for them. And so I, I, I am very aware that as we talk about this, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to think about it this way. And I, I just think it's a, a good thing to keep in mind as we talk about this.
0: Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin but decreases gradually as we age? leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com/edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as math, how smart is that, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to mysteries about true histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Yes, well, yes. um, You know, as someone who had to become completely financially independent (laughs) from my parents starting the summer before um, my second year of college, um, I, I really do appreciate you bringing this up. Um, you know, there is sort of a very real, it, it's a real issue. So I, I'm, I'm glad it's, that, it's just
1: an it's an experience gap, you yeah, know? Yeah. And absolutely. and I, I only bring it up um just just as a, a point of thought. This is not a you know, this is not a, anything to feel bad or guilty or, or anything like that about. It's just something for us to keep in mind. And I think it's important. So mm-hmm. good. Yes. Now we have,
0: we have two quick bits of housekeeping, right? And then we're going to get to it. We
1: promise. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yes. Some housekeeping. So before we get to our tips, we just want to remind you that with every new podcast, we post a question of the week on our Facebook page so we can have conversation about what we've talked about here. And this week's question is, when did you experience an initial disappointment that later opened a door to something positive? I feel like it's sort of nice to recall our own experiences when we are thinking about what our kids are going through. So I thought that we might actually explore our own past a little bit and share some of those experiences. So go ahead and um, head over to our Facebook page when you get a chance. It's at facebookcom dot slash edit your life show and look for the question of the week post. It's pinned to the top of the page.
0: I, I can't wait to hear about everybody's initial disappointments that later turned (laughs) positive and I'm sure I'll have plenty to share. I can't wait to drop some comments in there. I know. We all, we all have one of those. Oh my goodness. At least one. Right. Okay. So then our other bit of housekeeping, I, I just can't believe it, but our 100th episode is coming up. 100 Asha.
2: (laughs) Champagne. Champagne for everyone.
0: Right. Anyway, uh, we want to do something different and a bit special. And, you know, we were chatting about it and, and decided we would just love to hear your voices in our ears and also help you edit your life. So this is what we're planning. Um, we would like to do a rapid fire episode where we address as many listener questions as possible in an episode. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm exci- excited. It is, this is exciting. very exciting. It is exciting. And I have to admit the like middle school girl in me who was scared that nobody would show up to her party. Actually, I didn't even have parties. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, (laughs) the kid in me that like that sort of like, oh, no, nobody's going to show up for me gets a little scared about even putting this ask out. But I'm going to do it anyway because growth is a good thing. So what we would love for you to do is record a question, some kind of quandary, problem, pain point you're having, whatever it may be, and record it as a voice memo on your iPhone, or you can use a voice recording app for Android, and then email it to us at show at gmail.com by September 30th. And we will start going through those. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm
1: excited about this. I'm really excited about this. that The notion of um, hearing you, not just um, seeing your text on our Facebook page or reading your emails, which don't get me wrong, we really love to do. But um, this is just. Anyway, do it. We want to hear from you. It would be really exciting. (laughs) Yes. All right, Asha,
0: let's let's get to it. We have a a bunch of ideas to cover.
1: Okay. so for my first tip, I am just going to start with sort of a big context suggestion, and that is to as you're talking about this, to reframe disappointments as just a normal part of life. I think it's so important to start there because some kids don't you know, this might be one of the first disappointments they've experienced, or maybe this is just something that doesn't happen very often. But disappointments, annoyances, inconveniences—they're just, you know, they're they're like mosquitoes. They they just they're part of our daily life. And while no one goes looking for it, I think knowing that they are inevitable and that and knowing it's it's not personal, everyone's experiencing them, no matter how put together they look. It really helps it make these disappointments easier for kids to take. Um, I think honestly, this might sound a little Pollyanna, but I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And I really believe it. And that is that disappointments also really lend balance to the good times. I mean, I would even argue that they make good times easier for kids to appreciate. So, um, you know, when life is pretty good, that starts feeling like normal, like, like every single day is sunny. And so a rainy day is just a disaster, but that's just not true. And so I think that, um, I, I think Having that conversation in a low-key way, not not in an overly obnoxiously chipper way, I think that can really help kids put it in perspective. I'm like smiling over
0: here at the term over, overly obnoxious chipper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yes. I admit
0: I can be overly obnoxious. No, chipper. it's just, it's funny, I can imagine, but I can actually imagine that visual and the desire to just like make everything better i think that's a real thing so i Mm -hmm. I actually think that's probably very common for people to just (laughs) want to be like oh okay everything's fine yeah yeah Um, look on the bright side yeah i think that's a good point Mm -hmm. um my first of the episode is to not feed the drama and it's funny because you know me i'm all about talking things out i love talking things out But I've also learned that sometimes it's important to kind of step back and just not feed into the situation. And I'll say that Laurel's not; she's not a drama queen at all. But she does get wound pretty tight around certain issues, and she'll kind of perseverate on them. And so sometimes that's I'll just step back in those moments and think, okay, she just needs to work through her thing, and then I'll come back to this later.
1: So this is such a such an important tip, and this to me illustrates. Part of the art of parenting of knowing, you know, I'd sort of intimated about this earlier, which is when there are times to step away and not feed the drama, and then there are times to sort of talk about it. And knowing where that line is is all about knowing your kid and and understanding what's going on. And I think it, it's it's a really wonderful thing that you can see where that line is with Laurel. Um, I know it took us a long time to find that line um, in in different contexts with our own kids. And it's really, really important. I think I think the visual metaphor that comes up for me is um, starving a fire of oxygen. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. the notion of just not, you know, or or not throwing more logs on the fire. Let's put it that way. And sometimes that really is the best way to to address something Mm -hmm. which does which, you know, where the emotions and the actual sort of intensity of the event aren't in balance. I think that's maybe a good way to gauge and so but that it's funny, my tip is both related and could be seen as, you know, and a different way of dealing with it, which is to start with empathy. So in this case, when Sam found out his job wasn't going to work out, I will say that my first inclination was obnoxiously chipper. <laughs> it was it was to just skip past the feelings of disappointment and just go straight to, well, let's get back to work on your resume. I'm sure there's something else out there that's even better for you. And you know what that was just really not what he needed to hear and he let me know that <laughs> and mm-hmm. I and I and to my credit I realized very quickly that that really was not that was not what he needed and it wasn't really fair his frustration and his disappointment really needed acknowledgement and it needed some time you know so um you know what did end up helping was for me to just sit with him and 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 nod my head with sympathy and say yeah you know that's hard, that sucks. And the other thing that really helped was for rail me rail and me to share um, some of our own early job disappointments, you know so mm-hmm. uh, which it's funny that relates actually back to our question of the week. What were some of our own disappointments that led to something better or that didn't and were just sort of disappointments and we had to just sort of feel them and let them go. But at least when we shared these experiences, We could both empathize empathize with Sam and how bad he felt and just give him examples of how, hey, it's happened to us. We it's happened to everyone. So I think that was uh, that was an important part of dealing with the with the actual event.
0: Yeah, that's great. Actually, that was um, the point I wanted to make next, um, which is to share one, you know, an experience or two or three, whatever it may be. And just to go a little bit deeper into this, I just think it's crucial for both sides, um, you know, in relation to this conversation on dealing with disappointment, because on the one side, I think it's helpful for kids, you know, to hear that you've been there. And on the other side, the parent side, I think it actually can serve as a good reminder, um, you know, through the process of thinking about your disappointing experience and how you moved through it. It can be a reminder to parents that, you know, your kid will in fact be fine, and I just feel like sometimes we need to reflect back in order to feel reassured about something, and it's all about you know remembering that you can in fact move through it, and that your kid will do the same thing, oh man, you are so wise <laughs>
1: You're so yes, what she said that's pretty much my next tip. no, I'm just kidding no that's that's yes, all of that that is that is absolutely true, so um. I'm, now I'm now I'm extremely interested to hear people's experiences. Mm-hmm. I am I, sort of digging in my own mind and thinking about what I'm going to share on our Facebook page. So uh, my next tip is to pause when brainstorming alternatives and solutions so your kid can lead. So one thing I've learned from this experience is uh, that was actually really amazing and exciting was that Sam had a plan B in mind that I didn't know about. Um, He already had a plan B and I didn't need to help him come up with it. And of course, this is true. He's not a little kid anymore. You know, he's almost 18. Um, And so but it's such a habit for me to sit down and say, "Okay, let's let's brainstorm some solutions. But, you know, once he was over the initial shock of this disappointment, he could move on to problem solving himself. And had I jumped in too soon with my quote unquote helpful suggestions, I think it probably would have railroaded his ideas and it would have. Completely cut off half of the good learning that happened, which is okay. This happened. What should I do now? I mean, that's that's exactly what we want kids to be able to do when they're mm-hmm. independent, and not look around and go, "Oh no, somebody tell me what to do." Which is sort of unfortunately the kind of behavior that gets reinforced in school. And um, you know, that's not bashing school. That's just the way school is set up. You know, you have a a, a syllabus and a list of things that you're supposed to do, and so it's all laid out there for you, but in life you have to figure it out yourself oftentimes. So, um, fortunately he very boldly came through with his plan B, which ultimately also did not end up working out, (laughs) but it was a good plan. So, um, I think it was very smart for me to, or at least, um, I don't know. I'm very glad I held my tongue before jumping in with a ton of different helpful suggestions. I think that's fabulous.
0: And I think, you know, even though plan B didn't work out, I just I love, love, love that he had an idea and was ready to run with it. I just I feel like this is so reflective of this quite I don't know how to describe it other than saying it's like this delicious phase of parenting where all of a sudden your kids surprise you and they do things. And um it, this is just reminding me that I I had Laurel recently became a teenager and so I'd written this post about teenagers and And somebody, um, actually, this woman named Kelly, who is a mom in town, and actually, I think she listens to us pretty regularly, which is pretty fun. So hi, Kelly. But she shared (laughs) this wonderful experience of how, um, you know, how great it's been to see her son's independence um, kind of blossom. And the fact that, you know, I guess for school, they have to do this community service thing. And with no input from her, he went about lining up his community service ordering the t-shirt size that he needed getting all the paperwork done and it actually worked out that he whatever he's doing coordinates with his younger sister so there's only one pickup it just kind of blew my mind as like like this is what we're working towards you know like Mm -hmm. this is awesome so Mm. i just i i love it i love the letting your kids lead and just giving them the space to do that. And then you get this delicious result sometimes. <laughs> it's yeah, so great.
1: Well, you do. And remember our episode where we were recorded about teens and tweens and how great it is mm-hmm. to, to parent them. I just want to, re- I want to remind people about that. I will be sure to link that up in the show notes. I can tell you, I am, I am such a, uh, I feel like this is my happiest phase of parenting um, mm-hmm. for just that reason to watch these, people um become who they are to watch them navigate it's truly the greatest joy of my life and i just i love it so yeah and, and you know it's funny like even this plan b which didn't end up working out so there was another disappointment to deal with again i think in the end you know it's interesting he he just uh has started his senior year and there was some difficulties with his school schedule and he went in there with the counselor and he just like whipped his schedule into shape and came up with some really creative solutions for it and came home and said, you know what, I I did that myself. And he was so happy about it. And I'm sure, I uh, you know, I can't be 100 percent sure, but I feel like maybe this experience with the job, having to, you know, deal with a problem, come up with a plan, deal with another problem, come up with a plan that set him up for working out a school schedule. So There you go. It was it was just it's all experience. And it's it's really, um,
2: I don't know, feels like a privilege to watch it play out.
0: Yeah. Hashtag life skills.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I am Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast. No one told us where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us
3: talk about what no one told us.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have um a few other ideas to get to and my next one uh this is a little bit more sort of tactical when you're getting into the you know you've you've been empathetic you've let the drama kind of die down all that stuff when you actually need to go in and do a little conversation and it is to um put whatever the situation the disappointing situation is into context of you know perhaps something else that was legitimately worse <laughs> and i think the best example and it's not even a huge deal but it was it was a helpful example was um so in laurel's middle school every year they get you get assigned to like a side a or a side b and then you do all your classes in that side and you basically don't really see the people on the other side um until lunch or whatever so um it's kind of like class assignments in elementary school where parents kind of all freak out and they're like who's on which side and you know, for Laurel, because she is extremely friend driven um, and quite frankly, sort of used to things kind of working out in her sixth grade year. She was with all of her friends. She was super happy. They were all on the same side in seventh grade. She was basically um, on the opposite side of almost all of her friends, like all of her good friends, except for this one friend that she was having a bullying situation with. <laughs> So it was really bad. Like it was actually genuinely a bad situation. Um, and so when she got her eighth grade assignment, it actually wasn't that bad. She had like a few, like really, you know, people she had known since kindergarten, but she was really hung up and getting upset about the fact that the two people with whom she feels closest right this second were on the other side. And so, Mm. um, I had to like put aside my moment of like WTF. Really? Is this a big deal? Like, (laughs) like this is way better. So we talked about that a little bit about how, listen, compared to last year, this is gold. So Mm -hmm. just run with it. And that ended up being really helpful. It was like just a kind of small reality check that helped her get over things like quite quickly.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that I think sometimes as parents, we're maybe a little too reluctant to just be sort of the cold, not (laughs) cold, but like sort of just being a reality check. It's okay to talk to our kids that way. It's a good thing. And again, you know, this is part of the art of parenting, which is knowing when to empathize, when to sympathize and when to say, hey, you know what? just reality check here. This really is not a big deal in the scheme of things. And I think we need to know that our kids can handle that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really great. I mean, the fact is there's a buildup, such a buildup of trust between you and Laurel and you and John and Laurel, obviously. And um, and that's really good. And it's that that stuff is hard in in school. You know, those uh, we have some similar sort of groupings of kids and Mm -hmm. it's it's worked out pretty well for us. But I, I can understand that it's hard for her. And I think it's It's really good to point out how things really have changed over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Okay. So my next tip really actually was completely inspired by this post that Christine wrote in honor of her daughter Laurel's 13th birthday, which I will talk about in a moment. But my tip is to not be afraid to dream big. And let me explain what I mean about that. Um, So Christine's post is called 13 Things I Want for My Teenager, and we will link that up in the show notes. It was so lovely. Oh, thank you. And it wasn't just lovely because I'm feeling emotional about Laurel turning 13. It was just a really lovely post. And I was reading it, and you know, one of the things that she listed for Laurel was to dream big. Um, And it really opened, I sort of like was taken aback. It opened my eyes to something that I didn't even realize that I do. And that is to sometimes very subtly, I sort of chip away at my own aspirations and sometimes my kids very grand plans. So I, or they won't be as disappointed if they don't come to fruition. And I didn't even realize that I did this. Um, It's so subtle, but I realized that I, but it's there. I mean, it's sort of lurking in the background and I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but, but there it is. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what, it, what I really want for my kids. It's the exact opposite of what my, what I want for myself. I mean, I really want to um, sort of imagine what my, my big dreams are and then go for it. But um, I realized that disappointment was a little bit of a specter for me and caused me to sometimes step away. And so I think that is such an amazing and important counterbalance to the whole notion of editing your life. And, um, you know, when we talk about editing your life, we're not trying to talk about doing less and making everything in your life smaller. We're talking about editing the unimportant stuff so that you actually have a lot more room for these big, big dreams of yours. And. Uh, The way Christine talked about it for Laurel was just that, you know, she wanted to keep encouraging Laurel's grand ideas. And I just, that was a sort of a reality check for me. It was really important.
0: Oh, well, that's that's so kind of you. And it's really funny because in the context of the way I was writing about it, I mean, she has, she, like your kids, she has big plans. And, um, you know, I think my inclination is to edit things down, right, you know, and dial it back. And, you know, she's the kid who... I mean, uh, how many years ago was it? It was two or three years ago. She is a kid who, at like 10 years old, orchestrated a surprise anniversary party for me and John. With She did it with the help of my in-laws, but included uh, invited, you know, I don't know, 15 family friends like of ours, like people from the neighborhood and whatever. And we did not even catch wind of it at all. Like, she is somebody <laughs> who does things big. So it's interesting because my lens was like, I don't want to tamper big ideas down because I'm always in edit mode. But Mm -hmm. I love that you have seen like a totally different dimension of it in Mm -hmm. and I think and I really like issue props to you for saying that out loud, that you know, part of that is a fear of not wanting your kids to get disappointed. I think that's that's kind of amazing. So um yeah, wow. It's like it's very multidimensional.
1: Well, it just sort of snuck into my head and it was like Oh my goodness. Wow. That's, that's there. Okay. This is what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, here I am. I mean, like my kid has one foot out the door to college and I am still learning about how to be a parent. I mean, I think this is just something that, that we do. We have Mm -hmm. to just, we keep learning. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, so my, the last thing I wanted to touch on in this episode, um, It really harkens back to just you know like raising toddlers, and it's it's to pivot to something else positive. And this is kind of related to my first tip about not feeding into drama and and basically not to dwell and to pivot to something good. So, reality, yes, life will have disappointments, and then you need to move on. And I know personally that if I'm dealing with some kind of disappointment, it's always really helpful to do something that makes me happy, and that could be tackling up creative project. Meeting with a friend, baking something who knows, um and I just feel like the same can go for kids sometimes they just need distraction and movement towards something happy to move on,
1: yeah, I mean it's funny this is such a simple tip and it's so obvious when kids are little, you know, like mm-hmm. hey shiny thing over there I mean <laughs> not, not shiny thing you know what I mean, but but it's it's this advice is totally and completely relevant to when they are older and it's relevant to us as adults and I think the subtle thing that this teaches without getting overbearing and philosophical about it with them is that we and they have a choice about what to spend our attention on, you know, Mm -hmm. and we really do get to choose that. And empowering kids to make that choice is actually a really incredible skill because I think that is just not an obvious choice to people. People feel like Well, I don't, you know, what do you want me to do? Pretend like I'm not disappointed? No, not at all. It's that you experience the disappointment and then you mindfully say, okay, um, I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to focus on this thing that makes me happy. So it's a, it's, it's a distinction that not everybody makes. And I think that when a kid can make that and start experiencing that, it's very, very powerful and that will just stick with them for life. Mm -hmm. So very, very very good advice. Yeah. All right. Well, Asha, let's, um, we're running, running down on our time here. So why don't we go to your next edit for the episode? All right. Sounds good. So my next edit for this episode dealing with disappointment is to practice acknowledging your kid's feelings, um, as opposed to fixing them. So the next time your kid expresses frustration or disappointment, just see what it's like. Try echoing that feeling in a sympathetic way. I'll, you know, I'll, you don't have to repeat what they said back to them word for word, but you can almost do that. And just see how that feels rather than trying to fix it. See how the conversation plays out with your kids and see what happens. Sort mm-hmm. of an experiment.
0: Yep, I think that's great.
1: And my, your next edit is to think of something
0: fun you can do together. So this is related to my last point about distraction, but think of something fun, you know, when in the face of your next disappointment <laughs> to deal with, think about something fun you can pivot to. Um, and I want to say it does not need to be fancy. And I'm learning, especially now parenting a teen, that sometimes just the simple act of being together and taking a walk or stopping at a cafe or something like that just can do wonders in, mm-hmm. um, you know, improving everybody's mood.
1: hmm. Yep. Just a tiny change of routine. That's really true. Mm hmm. All right, folks. Well, we hope that you found this episode helpful. Um, We want to remind you that we've got show notes for every episode, which you will find at EditYourLifeShow.com. And you can always email us if you want to tell us something in person or if you have an episode suggestion, um, email EditYourLifeShow at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the Edit Your Life Show Facebook page to answer our question of the week
0: about this episode and also... Please, please, please record a voice memo and um, share a problem that you want us to answer for our 100th special episode and just send it on to us at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)